Hello and welcome to the Irish Left Archive podcast. I'm Angus Story and with me is Kieran Swan. Today we're talking to Conor Costick. Conor is well known as an activist on the left, an historian, a researcher and a novelist in a range of genres. Amongst other things, he was twice chairperson of the Irish Writers' Union and a member of the board of the National Library of Ireland. He was a long-time member of the SWP, uh, a former editor of Socialist Worker, and more recently was one of a group of people who founded Independent Left, which has one councillor, John Lyons, in Dublin Bay North. In the course of the talk, we'll discuss a range of areas with Connor, including his own history, activism and historical research, um, materials in the Left Archive that he's contributed to, as well as issues like the use of social and other media in this part of the 21st century and during a time of pandemic. So you'll find Independent Left online at independentleft.ie. You can visit the archive at leftarchive.ie. Do get in touch if you have any feedback. Um, If you're enjoying these podcasts, please subscribe. And thanks for listening. Connor, first up, many thanks for joining us. And if we just get the ball rolling... Would it be possible to ask, where do you get the time to do everything that you're doing? <laughs> I mean, I was looking at the, and we'll, we've just done an intro for you, um, and just trying to work out, okay, that's an awful lot of stuff that's gone on. So perhaps you'd like to enlarge upon that a little? Uh, no, I feel I feel stressed but, uh, for time. But then um, there's a phrase, isn't there, that if you, if you want to get something done, you ask someone who's busy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, we've... We've given an outline, as I say, of like, uh, broadly speaking, where you've come from and uh, in terms of your politics and so forth. I mean, would you like to add to that or expand on that before we get into the, 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 the material in the archive at all? Because we're going we're, we're going sequentially through the material in the archive. There's three documents already, plus the ones that we've added in this week. Uh, yeah. Three from the Socialist Workers Movement, actually, and then Socialist Workers Party. Uh, your pamphlet, 1993, why the Irish Labour Party, you know, it was, you know, that 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 particularly um, critical document, I think we could say. And then we've got um, a socialist uh, worker from 2001 uh, and then a socialist workers party, New Left Journal from 2006, all of which, by the way, are fascinating journals. And we'd love to talk to you about like mm-hmm. how they came to be. And what's interesting is looking at them across the sp- span of time, um, there's facets of them that I think will be very interesting to people listening to this. Uh, and then the other side is we've got the independent left material, which has gone up in the archive literally this week. And that talks of something different. So, I mean, if you just want to maybe give a... Is there a context you wish to give to the fact it's been a movement from the SWM through the SWP? I know yeah. that one and the same. And... Well, it, yeah. So it's a spiral of a movement because um, when I was a teenager, um, the miners went on strike in the UK. And up until then, I didn't really have a political thought in my head. Um, and there was a life-changing moment when I walked past um, a door from which I could hear a voice. And I looked inside and there was a public meeting going on. And this miner was speaking. And I, I kind of hung out the back listening. And I totally agreed, totally agreed with him. Uh, so I started supporting the miners. And that is, was an incredible education in a, in a very short space of time. Um, and um, so my first instinct was to be an anarchist. Right. And deep down, uh, that's never gone away. Um, I do want a world without prisons and states and hierarchies. I, I want a world of freedom. Mm. And um, so it took the SWP a long time to recruit me. I, I resisted uh, because I didn't trust the 
um, the party, um, uh, having become passionate about revolution, I, I read everything. I mean, that year, 84, 85, right. I wasn't just kind of going on picket lines and um, going to demonstrations and standing outside supermarkets getting cans of beans for miners. Um, I, I was reading. I was unemployed and I just read, 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 read. The, right. my, the only limit to my reading was, was financial, you know, um, uh, so libraries, borrowing books and things mm. like that. Um, I tried to read Capital. And I don't know what your experience was like, but if you're 19 and reading Capital, it's it's tough because it's, especially if you've grown up in um, in the UK. My dad's from Cabra in Dublin. I met my mum as English, and I grew up and had my education in, in Chester. Mm. And um, the Anglo-Saxon world is very uh, narrow-minded when it comes to philosophy. So it's, and you can't really get Capital without some notion of dialect. I mean, yeah. it just throws, it dives straight in there with the yeah. uh, contradictions in the commodity. And you're just going, oh, no, no, you know. No, I, once you've cracked it, it's all downhill because it's all history then, the second half of Capital. Sure. You know, but, but I gave up the first time around. Yeah, being there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. being there too, come to think of it. <laughs> but um, no, but you get there in the end and you appreciate yeah. it. It's fantastic when, you, when you're ready for it. But I wasn't yeah. ready for it then. But anyway, so I'm, and I'm resisting the SWP for until May Day. It was May Day in 1985. Right. Um, we're coming back from the May Day march, and I decided I'd better sign up because, for various reasons, all the anarchist groups I've been involved in uh, were terrible, really, to be honest. The Irish ones are much better. Right. Yeah. But, you know, in England, there was one. Uh, I mean, they, so there was the kind of like not theoretical ones who like to throw bricks, which is. You know that's fine, up mm. to a point. Um, but you know, you know, it's only appropriate under certain circumstances. And if if you're looking to for trouble, it's that's just not going to work. It's going to yeah. alienate people with buggies and kids and stuff like that. Um, you know, and then there's the and then there was the the kind of sectarian anarchist. And and what I found about the anarchists as well was just because they didn't like hierarchies in parties, didn't mean that they had avoided their own informal ones mm. so you might you might not have a central committee but in practice that meant whoever had the printing press in their house was the one who controlled the majority of what was actually printed well, that's interesting. so there's you know a lack of formal kind of meetings and votes mm. and decisions and elections of committees didn't solve the problem of how you give everyone an equal voice Okay. Funny enough, when we get back to internet, independent left, that's one of the big issues we're really interested in. We don't want to repeat the, the mistakes we feel are, are made by the SWP, the SWN, Socialist Party, mm. which are costing them dear in terms of uh, having a predatory male elite getting yeah. in, uh, getting into crisis because of um, uh, you know attacks on women. So, oof, you know. You go. How do you avoid that, right? Yeah, and um, yeah. and we we think there are ways of doing it, and we can learn from the anarchists, absolutely. But we anyway. So I'm I'm, I'm convinced that the anarchist project isn't going to work. Right. And be, it's better to have a formal vote and a for. In theory, it's, it sounds perfect. You know, you elect the committee on a perspective. They implement the perspective. If it doesn't work, you throw them out. Right. Yeah. Thirty years later. <laughs> no one no 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 um leadership has ever been thrown out of these parties but it, you know when i joined it, it that was the argument that it could be changed mm. if you had a different view and your view was more accurate so i joined and it was you know 
uh, it was good. It was. I can't complain at first. Um, so I got a stronger education in Marxism in Trotsky, um, and um, I was in in Doncaster, and right. I had my first job. Well, it was to get um, in Case International, which was a tractor factory. Okay. Which is fantastic. Wow. Fantastic job. Um, yeah. I was engineering clerk, and I would take my socialist workers, and I would hide them in the sleeve of my jumper, and I would f- wait for an excuse to go to the shop floor, and it was like something out of science fiction. All these robots building tractors with a few workers, and then the, the noise of it was just intimidating, wow. and, and you had to kind of follow the path to be safe. Like, and right. to get the shop steward, bring out the socialist worker, you know. He'd have a little chat. He'd tell me something like, oh, yeah, well, in 76, there was a heat wave and we were all out playing football and the lads were so hot and bothered. They didn't want to work for the afternoon. So they said they wanted water. So the management brought them water. And they said, no, it's not cold enough. So the management brought the cold water. And they said, no, we want orange juice. (laughs) (laughs) So he's, he's, but he was actually kind of rueful because he was saying those days have gone. And he was, he was right because Mm. the miners having lost, you know, it rolls through then all the, all the other big strong organizing mm. inside it but it was good education for me you know i'm still only 21 at the time uh, yeah, so learning nice. about trade union politics and that kind of stuff no. yeah, was... so you were obviously like you were tied up with the swp in the uk yeah. so how did you transition over to the swm right so first of all i'd always had an interest in irish history and irish politics mm. like my nickname at school was iro and uh, oh, right. wow. uh, because I was seen as, as a kind of Irish voice, even though I didn't really have uh, much of a clue, but mm. um, and it made me thirsty. And we'd have these history classes. And, you know, if you do history in England uh, for O-level and then uh, I didn't do A-level, O-level, it was like Britain is great. I mean, it was, it was so crude. It, you, if you saw that syllabus now, you'd just you would shake your head with disbelief that they wow. actually taught all their kids what a wonderful country Britain was. So wow. we did the evolution of canals. The I can still remember like this, Watt's invention of the steam engine, the railways. Um, oh, and it was just how, how you know, wonderful <laughs> uh, Britain was. So this was leaving me cold. You know, I wanted um, Irish history. I did not get one word of Irish history. I'd have really set up for that. Um, because, but my dad wasn't that forthcoming about it either, so um, we just we just knew that we had that in our background. Hmm. Um, so anyway, I, I, my one thing about it was that when it came to applying to go to university, um, my brother applied for Trinity because right. our dad had gone there. So um, and he ended up there, so that was brilliant. So I was coming over to Dublin to see my brother quite a lot, and it it put it in my mind that I'd actually like to live here. So um, okay. the SWP, I would have come. I would have come at about 21, um, but the SWP made me a full-timer. And of course, okay. yeah, and I'm thinking um, there is no more noble a calling than to work full-time for the revolution. Right. So, you know, whatever you about your personal uh, career choices, mine was to work in this tractor factory until I got my first computer and then write books. I always Fantastic. wanted to write um, but that that got all put on hold by the um, the SWP. The offer. Yeah, and this is the UK SWP. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you became full timer in the UK. Yeah. You see, what happened was okay. the party went through a tough time after the miners' strike, right? Yeah. 
But there was a meeting in Doncaster, and we had nine members, um, something like five miners at the time, me, um, all, all, work, all working in, mm. in you know, uh, important workplaces. And um, we put in a public meeting, and Tony Cliff came up. And, and the, wow. the, the guy at the office said, look, we're, we're going to let you have Tony Cliff for a public meeting. He said, but you don't waste him. You work really hard. You make a good meeting. We don't send him out, you know, to Doncaster for, uh, you know. So anyway, we right. put the word out. We told everyone Cliff's come in. He's, we've got to see him. We, we leafleted the pits and, the you know, and so on. And anyway, we just had a fantastic meeting. And at the end of the night, mm. and Cliff was on brilliant form. Because right. Cliff, Cliff had a lot of weaknesses which I'm happy to talk about, but his great strength was you put him in front of a, a manual working class, especially socialists. Yeah. And see, so he doesn't patronize. He, he, he puts the hard argument for revolution, but he puts it in very vivid sort of religious language. Now, what I mean right. by that is, I, I don't misunderstand me, but he, um, he proselytizes brilliantly with very apt imagery from okay. nature, from, farming from you know right uh, it, so we'd laugh at the um the people who have an overinflated sense of themselves um and say they're like the fly on on the, the 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 nose of the bull that's been pulling the plow and at the end of the day the fly says well didn't we do a lot of great work right no and this is the <laughs> this is the fourth international thinking they've led the no 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 it's yeah it's revolution and anyway yeah. so he's using these right. kind of images and he he makes the really good steams into kinnock and um you know this is all at the time when i'm having to support the militants in liverpool mm. against the against the attacks on city councils but he says they're not enough you know we need big vision and anyway nine people join wow. so um uh, that's uh, doubled the branch in doncaster <laughs> and, a, and a load more miners as well you know which is fantastic wow. um and uh, cliff who didn't really know who i was from from anybody else stayed the night in my house and he found out I was Irish. He says, oh yeah. He says, I know, I know a joke. He says, um, um, there's an Irish woman comes home and she says, mum, I've got a big confession to make. And mum says, what is it? What is it? And the girl says, um, um, well, uh, I'm afraid I was a, a prostitute. And the mum says, oh no, that's terrible. That's awful. You, you became a Protestant. No, 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 mum, no, I didn't become a Protestant. So I said prostitute. And mum said, oh, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's his Irish joke. Direct from Tony Cliff. Oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't really know what to make of that. But anyway, no. <laughs> the grand, and he wasn't all that old at that stage, but the grand old man of British Trotskyism. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And he was trying to bond with me, I think. But, but mm. what he didn't understand is I'm Jewish. Uh, no, I'm not. It didn't get the Catholic Protestant thing at all. <laughs> My dad's from that very small Irish Jewish community. Yeah, surely. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that's a better he comes, joke. You know. Obviously, he comes back to their central committee and he says, "Look, yeah. there's this kid. Yeah. I want him. I, I want it. I think he's good. Like, let's, let's yeah. do something with him." So they put him into South London, and the poll tax happened. Right. So that was just great. I was in my element, you know. Yeah. I was having comrades come over to me saying, is it all right to set fire to these cars? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. Of course not. You know. um, <laughs> and the anarchists uh, were actually very good in South London for, against the poll tax. Um, mm. So I was able to work with them because I, I had a common kind of language with them. Sure. And, uh, some of my own comrades were a bit more conservative than I'd have liked, but we, um, we ran a good poll tax campaign mm. and then they put me into Birmingham. 
and all the time I'm thinking of Ireland. So I got I got into touch with the Irish party, SWM, and said, um, Kieran Allen, I said, um, I want to I, I, I want to study Irish history, and, and I want to write for your paper. But mm. I'm going to move to Ireland sooner or later. And of course, Kieran's really pleased with this. He's, I mean, the SWM is only about forty people in nineteen. 88, 89. Right. Um, so he's happy to hear that. I've also got, um, you know, by now I've, I've really gone on top of Marxist writings and yeah. history and so on. So, um, and then what tipped, tipped it over was um, there's a student occupation in Birmingham. And I went into the occupation uh, with our, our, there's a few, we had a few members inside of it. And while we were having a meeting, the security came in and they rifled through people's belongings to see who was there. Hmm. And, uh, we, you know, we, sh- we sh- it wasn't up to me to run the occupation. Right? I'm the kind of outsider. I'm covering it for the socialist worker uh, newspaper and, and to give some advice to our members. So uh, had I known that they hadn't got a guard on the occupation door, I might have not left my bag, but right. security took my diary. So uh, the next day, um, there's a knock on my door and there's a, I, I ask who it is. And he said, um, it's a photographer for the daily mail. Can we get your picture? And I just closed the door. I said, what? And he says, oh yeah, we're doing a story on you, mate. And I said, um, well, I'm not going to give you my picture. And he said, look, we always get the pictures. I'll tell you that for nothing. We always get them. So if I was you, I'd put on a tie, look smart, comb your hair, and at least it's your picture. Then I said, that is a really good idea. I said, just hang on. I ran out the back, climbed over the wall and ran. Okay, it was a foggy day and, and I got away. So the next morning, there's this big feature anyway, secret diary of a trot. Jobless conacostic has been causing unrest in, uh, in wow. student occupation. But there's a big picture of Catherine Zeta-Jones, not me, <laughs> at the start <laughs> of her career. They never got my picture. And I, I like to think that, you know, somewhere in Wales, Catherine Zeta-Jones' mom has a scrapbook of her daughter's early career. And it's got secret diary of a trot written next to it. Brilliant. <laughs> you know, secret diary of Adrian Mole was within the charts at the time. Yeah. Right? Oh, and this caught on. This became a sort of a small source of humour amongst um, the conservative press. So the Times followed it up with a satirical column on um, what does a Trotskyist diary look like? You know, does it have like Lenin's birthday and... Uh, Instead of Christmas, does it have to celebrate Marx, uh, you know, the, the Paris Commune? Um, but the, the Daily Mail one was really nasty because all I all it was, I've got the, I actually got the diary um, mm. somewhere, right? But all it was a tiny little organising diary with dates and things. But I'd written things like, do we need violence to change the world as a title for the meeting? Right. To which the answer is uh, no. Well, it's a complex answer, but yeah. if you have a successful... The more, the more successful the revolutionary movement, the least the amount of violence is, as the October Revolution shows. Yeah. So it's not that I'm advocating violence, but the way they wrote the story was, they said, on April 24th, Kostik <laughs> confided to his diary, do we need violence to change the world? And on April 27th, he participated in troops out of Ireland, you know, oh, right, uh, right. alongside yeah. the, the Republicans. So, you know, it's, it, yeah. it really portrayed me as, as horrific. And ever since that moment, I've always felt that the um, a lot of sympathy with people who are outed. I mm. mean, nowadays it's in Twitter, right? But but who are outed in the press like this because 
they don't get to tell their side of the story. Mm. And at least I was outed for something I'm unashamed of, mm. you know, or in protest. But, you know, if you had been involved in a sex scandal and you were a vicar, which would be in the next page, you know, yeah. it's just life shattering. And, and yeah, it was life changing yeah. for me. What the daily, what they should have done after the Daily Mail is been dialectical about it and turned the attack, uh, turn the attack, or not dialectical, but like martial arts about it and turn mm. the energy of the attack of the enemy mm. onto our side. Because actually I've been introduced, a lot of people told me like, you know, in Birmingham, I said, is this done as damage? And they were saying, no, no, my mum read about that. And she said, oh, he sounds like a nice man. <laughs> <laughs> He's going, you know, because it mentioned I was in support pensioners' rights. So, you know, things that, you know, most people are in support of. So oh, yeah, it, sure. Sure. And um, we could have, I could have done, what we should have done is just done a public meeting, you know, about the, about the Daily Mail or anything and put me up as the speaker. Yeah. Right? yeah. Just tackled it head on. So we've got nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, you know, the Tory ministers claiming that I'm, that the students are being manipulated, you know, well, let's, you know, let's look at what's happening to education, anything. But they didn't do that because they knew that in my heart, I was not loyal to the uh, leadership. Wow, interesting. But they were so happy for you to go to Ireland. They sacked me, and I, right. so I came to Ireland. I, I like to say, but since this is going on the record, I, I won't, okay. uh, won't say, I like to say that I was driven out of the UK by the Daily Mail right. and took refuge in Ireland. <laughs> but it's actually, I was, I was not exactly driven out, but I was... The, 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 first of all, they retired me as an organiser. Mm. And I think they didn't want unrest... Um, so they did give me work, but it was really boring um, admin work in, in mm. London, which I didn't enjoy at all. Um, and then um, I was secretly uh, get lining up with Kieran to come here and my brother. And uh, I did. I jumped ship. And now, did the, sorry, did the SWM have any kind of uh, concerns about this? Or was this actually a good thing in a sense you're coming from? You know, such a contentious <laughs> last couple of years in the SWP UK. People often think, and I and I see this on the Cedar Lounge from time to time, and it does annoy mm. me. They talk about the mothership mm. as if the SWM in Ireland was um, under in the storm of, yeah. of the SWP in UK. Sure, absolutely not at all. Um, there is no leverage other than. It's a shared politics. It's a shared right. model of how to change the world. Yeah. Um, and it's also a, a discipline that if you fall out, the, heart, the consequences will be very, very harmful to everyone. So let's not fall out. Okay, so yeah. It, it, it's a social it's pressure. It's healthy. I'm not saying it's a healthy relationship, mm. but it's not an unequal one. It's, it's, mm. a, it's not one of... And in fact, the, in my experience, which I, I, after six months here, Kieran... I came here, Kieran offered me a job working for the party, mm. the one job, you know, the full, there's only one that could only afford one part time. And, and when I say a job, you, you're on the dole, basically, and they'll come yeah. there, you know, to go down to Cork or up to Derry or something. Oh, yeah. And I said no, um, because I said, I just, I just don't know the politics well enough uh, right. to be leading people. I've got to learn. So what I did was I, I went to stay with um, a guy who I've still a lot of respect for, even though last I heard he was in Counterfire, which is. John Reese's organisation, mm. disaster. Um, but Mark Hewitt up in Belfast. Yeah, yeah. And he took me around, um, bus drivers, teachers. 
and I did a long, in, I did interviews ostensibly for Socialist Worker, but really I was learning politics myself. Mm. Um, and and, and it, I especially wanted to get to grips with Northern Ireland's politics. So mm. I spent a lot of time up there at first. One of the first meetings I did, I went out to Waterford. Mm. And because I'd come from London and it was, I think it was maybe 90, well, I arrived in Ireland in 1990. But anyway, it was on the um, Battle of Cable Street. Right. This old man at the back of the room, and and I, and I give all the politics of it. And this is how you beat fascism and stuff like this. And the old man said, uh, "That was a very good talk." He says, "But it weren't quite right. There was, you know, there was actually a big contingent of this and that." And it turns out it's Peter O'Connor, and he was actually there. Oh wow! <laughs> Fantastic! Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Wow. It was absolutely great. Yeah. So I would, I would call around to him. Uh, you know, sadly, didn't um, that relationship didn't last. So long, you know, we, I'm not sure when he died, but um, mm. when I was in Waterford, I would call up to him in the, the newspaper mm. and uh, have a chat. Fantastic. For, and he'd know. buy a copy, would he? <laughs> he would oh, buy a... oh, more than that. He, he actually saw us as, um, as, his, as it, you know, in his tradition. I really? Mean, I, oh, yeah, interesting. So, yeah. I mean, interesting. I, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I, could, I ever asked him to join. So he didn't. He never formally joined. Um, yeah. But he was. He was delighted that there was people like us around still talking about the Spanish Civil War. Yeah, of course. And he was. Yeah. You know, he would tell me about how he'd be back after the Spanish Civil War, and that um, he'd be on the streets, and people would cross over so as not to walk next to him. You know, because he's got such it, a bad it, reputation. But, yeah, it's an incredible time. But so I mean, so in other words, you're really, in a sense, you're digging into the source material. By actually simply being here, by talking to union members, by talking to workers, getting to grasp with our, well, I was going to say admittedly complex politics, but it seems to have got more complex even since then. And and you're beginning obviously to write for Socialist Worker, I presume, yeah. at this stage yeah, as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I was right. Oh, that would have been part of parcel of it anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and if Kevin was away the odd time, not very often, mm. uh, then I would, I had to go editing it. And uh, That's right, yeah. You're an editor, yeah. And did so. I mean, like for instance, the very first thing we've got in the archive from you is um, why the Irish Labour Party fails. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> one's tempted to think of that like you know, fail better and fail again, and what have you. <laughs> Keeps well, so, for some reason, and I, you know, looking back, I actually can't really explain this, but the SWM doubled in 1991. Go for now, it. It could have been the arrival of a charming young revolutionary from the UK. Right. It's probably had something more to do Go with, for her. <laughs> with T. Malingus, I think, had a lot to right, do with Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had something to do with, so when was spring? Uh, oh, it, well, the spring tide was uh, a tiny fraction later, wasn't it? 92, yeah. I think, yeah. I think, you know what, I think we gained from the same mood that Labour was gaining from. And, and just while you're on that, I mean, would you say as well, like the... Uh, well, it wasn't exactly the collapse because that was 1991. But I mean, the 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 dissolution of the Soviet Union. Then prior to that, the collapse of the Warsaw Pact as a an entity. Did you see a benefit from that in terms yeah. of people floating across to right. who yeah, otherwise would have gone possibly yeah. in a WP direction or in a yeah? yeah. You are right about that. Funny yeah. enough, I was just looking in the archive at um, a very obscure group, uh, 1991 SRG. Yeah, mm. yeah, and. Um, they have this open letter to the Communist Party of Ireland. It's very good, mm. really good, because, yeah, the communists are in crisis. And uh, whereas we weren't in crisis, we were 
we were not dismayed. You know, it's, yeah. it fitted our analysis. Well, it was a vindication, in a sense, yeah. of that analysis. Yeah. To some extent, yeah. Yeah, well, partly. Yeah. Two-thirds of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Um, because, you know, the other side of this, that the way in which they brought in um, the free market and capitalism and so on. So it's, yeah. it wasn't like a socialist revolt against tyranny, but it was a workers' revolt against injustice. Oh, yeah. tyranny, Very much yeah. so, yeah. Tiananmen Square is happening as well around this time. Mm. So, so to to belong to a party that says that these are state capitalists, we don't have to apologise for their behaviour. Uh, in fact, we're, we're we're against their behaviour. We want to see them overthrown. Mm. It gives you a certain amount of energy. Whereas other people who've, who've had hopes in these, or, um, and they're seeing bodies on on the streets, and they're seeing yeah. evidence of of what these regimes were really like. Mm. they lose heart mm. so yeah there's a real momentum behind us and I, I remember the we used to have one branch in Dublin and then individual members around the country and, a, and the Waterford Glass branch which is right. very very important but um, that was it But so we'd have these meetings in Dublin in Conway's pub and it got to the point when there were 60 people packing them in every week and we just realised this is you know this is great but it's crazy we have to start mm. um splitting up into branches we have to have a proper right. proper national structure now and wow. it was so it was it was an exciting time and it was under those circumstances i was asked to write that pamphlet but, you know i was doing the history research anyway hmm. um i was also becoming a better writer which <laughs> do not go and read that pamphlet as an example of my uh, writing skills okay right. i'm still i'm still learning back then but still, right. but i'm getting better and you know not everybody's put the hours in in terms of writing so there's a lot of people who are very great speakers who wouldn't necessarily make good good writers, you know. Yeah, like, like it's and, interesting. Like, sorry, just on the pamphlet. I mean, uh, reading it, it struck me like it's a good run. It's a really good run through of the uh, precious contradictions of reform on reformism. But I mean, what I really liked with par- parts of it was like you dug up stuff like you know, Corish Brendan Corish attacked as a pro-Cuban in the mid 1960s. I mean, Brendan Corish for the love of God. <laughs> I mean, a more innocuous, inoffensive character, <laughs> Hardy Castro or. <laughs> No, I know. I know. It's, so it's yeah, great. That sort of colour yeah. in it, you know, it's a real, yeah, it's great fun. And I'm serious. Also, yeah, no, I mean, and that pamphlet, <laughs> I was at a meeting once and uh, someone quoted the, um, quoted quoted something at me and said, and do you know who said that? And I said, yeah, well, I should do because I wrote it. And he, <laughs> he was quoting that pamphlet back at me. Right. And that pamphlet was very polemical. Hmm. Um, it's all about why labour is wrong. Uh, yeah, sure. And I think nowadays I would. Um, I mean, the, you know, most of the points are still valid. You know, the the pamphlet did its job, right? It's a bit of elbow yeah. room. And when you're only, you know, sixty to a hundred members, that you know, you're, you're not. Um, you, the longer term kind of nuances and alliances and so on it, it aren't really what it's about. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Also, I, I, a particularly cruel cut is on the part of the pamphlet is the right. red rose on the front cover. I kind of think it's, <laughs> that I'm was our sure. first two-color print uh, cover with the all rolling through one of those old. Yeah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because the text is in green as well. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, it's just this. You know, I was looking at it and I was thinking to myself, that's not the Labour Rose. It isn't the Labour Rose, but it's a very, very good facsimile of same. Like, you look at it twice. <laughs> great, 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 great. And in terms of, like, 
Who would the audience for that be? I mean, like, who would you have written that for? Would you have written that for a broad general audience or prospective party members or party members or all three, in a sense? I mean, who would you have said? All three, but mainly party members. Right. Okay. so it's an educative pamphlet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, Well, it's yeah, it's to arm people up with members up with examples to Mm. uh, to say, to you know, and I think there is a there is a surge towards Labour. Some of which is spinning mm. over to us. Um, so it's to our, our, our people to say why Labour will fail. It got the economic prediction completely wrong. I don't know if you got as far as that at the yeah. end. But it says there's about to be a world recession and yeah. crash. And mm. I know the weak link in the capitalist chain and reforms will prove to be impossible. And that's yeah. very orthodox Trump kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't yeah. stand the test of time at all. Some of the other stuff does. Obviously, Rosa Luxemburg, you know, She's evergreen. Well, it was interesting. I, I, I saw that. I was interested that, that, and of course, like, you know, a lot of people from a lot of different traditions look at Rosa Luxemburg. Yeah. I mean, yeah. right across the swathe of the left and far left. But uh, it, it was interesting in a sense. I think I think some of your more libertarian aspects were showing themselves there. But it would still fit in perfectly the SWM as, as yeah. was an SWP and presumed PWP. Yeah, yeah. Now, in terms of, so... Yeah, so, I mean, in a sense, like, then, from there on in, you were obviously working in, on, in a sense, in journalism, in commentary, in writing pamphlets. Uh, would you say that's true? Like, I mean, because by, by 2001, you've got a... You, you're writing for Socialist Worker. You, by 2006, you're writing for the New Left Journal. Um, so do you see this as an unbroken, seamless continuity of work and activism, or did it kind of come in and out of focus? In terms of your um, application to it, in that sense, I mean, were you writing continually right through that period, or would you have been? Yeah, until yeah. until two thousand and one, I'd say. Right. Um, yeah, and because you know, uh, some good years mm. overall. That period of my life was was um, very rewarding because the mm. party grows significantly, yeah. not for the kind of figures that they they claim. I mean, I remember getting a lift from an organiser after this is after I was estranged from the leadership so this is about 2005 or six or something and asking how many members have we got nowadays mm. she was saying 500 just you can't go around saying that when you haven't got anything like that um mm. but you know we definitely got up to 250 maybe paying yeah. dues paying members that's and that was great you know from 40 yeah you really felt we're getting somewhere um good readership for the paper um, and you know, reason why I respect from certain campaigns. This is all before. I don't know if that respect has been uh, thrown away to some extent um, by the sort of. Well, we can talk about it, but I, I feel that my estrangement from the party begins in around two thousand and one, mm. when um, it's, there's a very strong streak of moralism at the top. A sort of do more uh, and what that leads to is a, is um and every week a new campaign you know mm. let's try this let's try Sellafield, let's try um housing let's you know and these fictitious or not exactly fictitious but these usually often involving the same people these amalgam campaigns brought mm. together testing the waters no it doesn't work let's try it. and mm. uh, you know that's not right that doesn't work um it's morally wrong because there's a sort of um 
there's something distasteful about not really deep down believing in the particular mm. cause that you're organizing around mm. you just um you just kind of um, invented a new campaign but there's also just on a even if even if it was you know ethically reasonable thing to do for socialists it's not a very practical thing to do you, mm. I think you have a lot to, of energy expended a lot of energy so you're, yeah. you're you're dependent on the students and the young and people who are willing to go out posting with this mm. new initiative um but also i think that it's better to to be steady <laughs> to mm. have a certain gravitas and to have a certain um longer term goal mm. and have allies uh, pushing towards the same end i was resisting this kind of hyper um activity that I'd seen I'd seen a really good group uh, at Trinity absolutely destroyed by by this mm. people just dropped out mm. like front out of, like butter melting on a stove I was losing not just the members we'd gained but the mm. hegemony we'd gained so for a while right, um, Rory Hearn was a member I remember that yeah yeah, yeah. and um, we had a big group maybe 20 you know, mm. and that meant we could win the presidential election. Mm. And not, it wasn't just the size of the group, it's also the credibility of the group. Like Rory was a very credible figure. Mm. He'd done a lot of um, voluntary work for Trinity Access Programme. You know, he wasn't just um, a kind of theoretical socialist. He, he, mm. he was a really genuine person who people um, could see that coming off him, you know? And, um, and if we picked a campaign to run, um, we wouldn't drop it after seven days if it wasn't working, you know. We'd, right, yeah. I mean, we might wind it down. I, I, I'm not, don't want to give the impression of like complete moralism. You've got to, mm. once you've started saying you're against nuclear tests, that's, you've got to do that for mm. your life. No, uh, you know, campaigns do have an up and down, but, but you, you should be honest about the downs and have a proper meeting of everyone involved. Mm. You know, and, and if we're going to wind up, let's wind up together. You know, let's not just pull out and suddenly, oh no, we're you carry on doing that. You know, you're against landmines, uh, right. but we're we're now off to fight fascism. You know, right? It, it, this kind of wild swinging, uh, just awful. We know socialist worker. That's the the paper of the SWM, and then later SWP. And, you know, I mean, there's a model there in a sense. It's the same in the UK, etc. Now, the New Left Journal, you're writing for the New Left Journal. But in that, I notice it's a single page and it's about your experiences in China, which, I mean, it's a fascinating read. It's, again, this is in the archive. Yeah. How did you, I mean, if, if you're already becoming disenchanted, how did you then intersect, as it were, with the New Left Journal? And how did that come about? Um, so I wasn't as... Um... So I was estranged, but mm. I was still a party member. And um, they, Kieran especially, would uh, see that I had my uses occasionally. Um, <laughs> and it would perhaps get me to do a public meeting or write something. Right. Um, now, I've had, yeah. So so I was never so estranged. My my loyalty still would, would to the SWP because... Mm. I never. I only seriously started to look around for other parties after People for Profit became the, um, the, the vehicle. The SWP, see, I never left the SWP. As far as I know, I'm the last member of the SWP, and I'm still the only member. But right. um, because the SWP dissolved itself into the SWN, SWN, yeah, which was state effectively of saying our priorities, People for Profit. Mm. Um, 
so I'm still old school. Right? Mm. So I feel that the party left me, not the other way around. Um, and so I never issued a resignation statement. So I never, uh, there was never an issue where I, well, well, there was an issue where I would have resigned, but yeah. in fact, we won the battle on that, which was yeah. the, uh, the question of the rape allegation in, in the right. UK. Um, yeah, so up until that, you know, it's... Um, so I would still be asked to write stuff. Okay, yeah. I still want this, the party to grow. I'd want the party to succeed. That's so in a sense, point. you're on very congenial... So in a sense, you're on congenial terms and things are still... Or comrade yeah. leaving and, yeah. and, and things are rolling yeah. on. So so when you do make the break with... Um, like, how much of an interregnum was there once the point where you actually did leave the... Well, well, as you say, you never did, but so you're actually still yeah, on so, the SWP, well, clearly. Well, but I mean, but the point where you actually... Where, in other words, okay independent left comes into being and you know there's a decision taken right this is now the vehicle which it makes sense to focus work yeah. and energy and, and and enthusiasm on you know do you want to describe that period and that well crossover um so i became much more hostile to, to the swn mm. no hostile is not the right word mm. definitely definitely break uh, yeah politically over two issues. One is, should one put all one's eggs in the uh, reformist strategy mm. basket, to use a cl- clumsy metaphor? Mm. Uh, I don't believe so. I think it's a disaster. Mm. Uh, I think it's moved them surprisingly quickly to the right. There's more to socialism than what this government can do. Socialism is not about these people. Socialism yeah, is like know. you and your community, our, us, our communities. And we have to be really strong in our communities because there's, there's a tax going to come on this government. Oh, yeah. And they're not going to be able to save themselves. Hmm. You know, we're the ones who are going to have to save it. We're going to have to be ready for the, um, you know, when the, you know, like I'm looking at Indian politics recently. Hmm. When those fascist gangs come in and beat up the Muslims and beat up the left, our communities have to be able to, to stand against that. Hmm. And putting all your on sound bites in the, from the Doyle is just a disaster. Hmm. It's just cutting your base away, you know, mm. and um, that's, all that's the criticism I made in that yeah. pamphlet we talked about yeah. are valid about people and profit. They apply to people and profit because we didn't, I said in that pamphlet, it's not just, and I'm looking at Luxembourg here, it's not just that the road to reforms um, looks like a different way, but we're going to the same goal. Mm. We're actually going to different goals mm. because mm. the method by which you, you win seats, it's all about... Um, thinking what looks good it's all about the optics but once you start being dishonest because you you're concerned about how the optics look and you think it will look good to say we want to be part of a left government then you're in massive trouble because it's a definitional thing isn't it in a sense yeah. you have to define everything yeah. from first principles and then you know okay what is a left government to i mean i mean i, I imagine my conceptual left government is one thing and every you know yeah i see what you're saying absolutely so i mean in terms of so, so this is one major point of disagreement. I mean, this major is a massive. I, yeah, I'm proud of the fact I've never been in people with profit. Right, There's okay. an assumption made that you know everyone in social work is in people. Well, when it was launched, I didn't join. Right. Um, I didn't. I wasn't asked my opinion. If I'd have given it, I'd have said that. Um, I said it. I would have said it's fine to stand in elections, but mm. I'd rather do it the way the Socialist Party do it, which is upfront as the Socialist Party. No. I'm, they did have the anti-austerity alliance, so maybe that's not such a good example. But, um, you know, 
let's try and win seats on the basis of who we are mm. because it's a it's a it's a seductive trap to, to set up something else and and it's fundamentally dishonest because who runs people before profit who makes the decisions is it a mass democratic socialist party no it's controlled by the swa so that means it's it, it's founded on a lie. And what do you, when when you're a people Republic member who's a SWO member, do you not feel that contradiction sometimes? Do you not feel that you're being dishonest with somebody? I guess I guess pirating that is the glue, and in a sense, it's the glue of I don't want to say it's, like in the sense like that. In some respects, from the outside, it looks remarkably successful as a political practice in this society that you have people who are I think even you know you know they're still further left. Yeah. And and. Um, you know, manage to gain seats in the door of all places that one of the most, I mean, you know, uh, you know, I'm not, no, I'm not making valid judgment in that sense, but more in the sense that in a society that has been Maybe, very traditional sure conservative feel, until. I'm sure they feel that they've been, that this strategy has been brilliant, mm. really successful. Mm. Um, they're in a position they couldn't have dreamt of in terms of audience, da, 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 da. Mm. but this, there's a quote in the Bible about what does, what does it mean to, um, oh yeah! Is if you lose your soul, um, if yeah. if you've well, made the gains, yes. but you've only made them all by putting your organisation on a railway track that is mm. not headed towards international socialism anymore, mm. then it's all going to be for nothing. And I don't want to be the, the the Ezekiel saying, you know, or Cassandra. All, I just said in, we're all in a fascist prison, and I'm next to Richard, and I'll say, oh, I told you so. I'm not going to get any satisfaction yeah. out of that. <laughs> Jeez. let's hope it doesn't come to that i mean my god things are bad but nonetheless um so so in a sense it's about political practice about um yeah. Sorry, it's, can, yeah. it's about so definition the, yeah that's that's the that's one really big issue mm. reform or revolution mm. the other issue though is um hierarchy yeah. and elitism within the party and it's really manifest internationally not just here with um the, 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 these um, cases of, of male revolutionaries, so-called, mm. um, abusing, harassing, and even raping young women members of their own parties. Mm. Mm. Now, this is absolutely odious, difficult to talk about. Mm. Um, but if you brush it under the carpet, well, you're lost. Mm. Um, you can never build a successful socialist party if that's been allowed to flourish. Right, and okay. so that was the other real breaking point because they mm. knew that I was a lost cause when I fought back on that issue. Mm. And uh, it manifested in the case of the UK and um, the, the um, you, know, you know, people will be familiar with it, right? So there's yeah. a 50-odd-year-old yeah. member accused of raping a 17-year-old woman. And the way they, the way they deal with it is to convene a small committee of his mates who've known mm. him for years he gets to see what she's saying she doesn't get to see anything all the procedures are just so stacked against her mm. and uh, you know it, 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 he only resigned when another case came out um, they were just going to Alex Klinikos gave the report to their conference in such vague terms that the conference ended up chanting the workers united will never be defeated in support of the rapist Right. Okay. Oh my yeah. God! So yeah. this this party is dead. 
Right? Mm. This party is just a zombie party. You know, it may it may still you may still see it now and again on you know with placards and doing stuff, but uh, as a living, breathing part of the socialist movement, no, it's not anymore. It's you, you've got to cut yourself off from it and uh, condemn it in the strongest mm. terms if you're going to salvage anything. So. In this sense, this pushed you towards independent, le- towards oh, the formation oh, of, yeah. 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 And it's, it, well, it pushed me into nowhere. Um, yeah. It estranged me deeply, um, more so than people profit, because, you know what, I might be wrong about it. And despite everything I've, I've said to you two mm. tonight, which I've said very passionately, maybe I'll be proved wrong. And I'm open-minded about it. Um, maybe you'll be able to get a left government with people of profit, and then the people of profit can suddenly take off their people for profit hat and announce, well, actually, we are revolutionaries after all, and mm. we do think that's the best way. Mm. And maybe that will actually work. Who knows? Who knows? But anyway, but the other one, the other one, there's no... I, I'm not open-minded about that. You know, yeah. Really yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. So did you see post swp did you see see the party model as the model that you still felt was i mean you're obviously hugely inflected by community thinking and like activism in the community i'm almost tempted to say seamus costlow style um approaches and so on (laughs) you might not like that but you know i mean i do think like there's a certain you know it's an interesting that was another template in a sense of how to get into community and to express versions of socialism might be a different version of socialism not entirely but so but I mean, there's another argument again, which is what oh, fascinates me: was James Coslow Trotskyist influenced or not, and mm. inflected, and that's but that's for a different day. But uh, then, with independent left, like, did you say okay? And those because there's a group of you from yeah. this is from looking in from the outside. I think Angus would agree here. Like, we're looking in from the outside in a sense, and we see okay, there's a group of people who are of a like mind. They come from broadly speaking, the SWP originally, and then they say, yeah. right, there's the independent left and this is how we're going to go. Now, that's obviously the easiest way to put it and that's what's in the Irish Left Archive. But I'm just wondering, like, what's your interpretation of that? How do you view this development, this emergence, this approach? Well, for me, it's absolutely life-affirming um, mm. because for years, and it, partly because becoming a parent, right, that makes it hard to, to be politically active. Yeah. It's physical. Snap. But... But for years, I was a I've, young man once. <laughs> I've been a revolutionary without a revolutionary organisation to help grow and and check, you know, mm. and that's a very unsustainable position. It's a very demoralising position. Mm. But I just couldn't. Bring, I had a good look at everybody, you know. I contacted the WSM. I thought, oh, do you know what? I'll join them. I have a soft spot for them. I always have had a spot, soft spot for them, and mm. you know, they may fetishise not being electoral but you know what that kind of fits with my angle on pb3 let's do mm. it so i contacted them and uh, they never got back to me the slackers so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're just i don't know where they're at actually platformists yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's come back to independent now. yeah yeah absolutely so what i've discovered there is for the first time in years a group of people who i can speak freely in front of uh, make mistakes in front of, get called out on, uh, in front of, mm. and we all still uh, have a shared project and enthusiasm. And we are all committed, very deeply committed, and this is maybe a reservation about Rise, to the idea that there is no special member. There's no special, 
you know person in the party there's no guru there's mm. no uh, committee mm. because and we're still working this out but, but we think that for example in an age where you can all be members of a whatsapp group yeah. and you can all be on um, forums online forums well why can't everyone have an opinion and bat things around a bit you know mm. um before you, you know, and we have these Zoom meetings every week. They're just yeah, yeah. They're really good. And we, we often have an invited speaker, maybe from Unite, to talk about their project, mm. uh, maybe from, um, you know, dealing with um, uh, direct provision centers or something like that. You know, and it's, it's, and then maybe something a bit more theoretical another week. It's really refreshing. Um, and we're all very sensitive to this idea that there should be space for every, every member. Yeah. So that, you know, the worst thing you could be accused of is in independent left is going on too long. Yeah. Right. I know Angus got a few thoughts to jump in on here particularly, but I'm just thinking, is it scalable? How do you feel about that? I, well, that's the what's where the technology comes in. See, in the SWP day and Lenin's day, which, you know, so the, the mm. 1900 to about 2010, mm. it's the, the scaling apparatus is, is the paper. Yeah. So you produce the paper, you send it out around the country, and then the members take the paper. Funny enough, um, it's not just the revolutionary left who understand this. This is the origins of Fianna Fáil as well. Mm. Um, so, so that was that was a model um, that was scalable around that, that kind of structure. And I don't think you could have had the equality of involvement of all members and the practical demands of getting a paper out and so on all the all the kind of there is a necessary hierarchy of organization mm. someone's got to write it edit it so on, so on, so forth now does that still apply i i don't i don't think it does i think you reach audiences nowadays digitally in a much more fluid way and where i could have been a party member only five minutes and i could go viral because i said the right thing at the right time or i even did a brilliant meme because mm. i my politics so i'm 19 right i've joined independent left full of revolutionary vigor something's happened in my community i hit the response boom right mm. now do they come to a, a party conference and formulate the policy and uh, by the way i think rise might still be a little bit in this way of thinking um well yeah there's there's probably a place for that kind of uh thinking as well mm. but it is absolutely scalable that small numbers of new members could have tsunami-like impacts in yeah. society, not just in the party. Yeah. And this yeah. is new. This is new territory. And it's exciting territory. And it's the let the thousand flowers bloom philosophy. Mm. And we're, we're catching up. We're going to overtake. You know, this is a funny thing to say, right, for a party that's only 20 or 20 to 30. We're going to overtake um, SWM because right. I don't believe in let a thousand flowers bloom. So, you know, <laughs> that's the, wow. the, okay. the, we, we have an approach that fits the, the, the digital climate that we're in. And yeah. funny enough, even the COVID situation, um, whereas the SWM, I believe, uh, are very slow to change their ways. And I remember when I was a party member of SWP, we used to always give out about keyboard warriors and scoff at those who spent their time on keyboards and online. And I think this was partly a main means of control. You can't control your members' um, 
and especially you don't like them horizontally communicating mm. with each other mm-hmm. and forming factions and things like that oh my god so so there's a real anti the culture of of having a forum why why doesn't uh, people of profit have forums where the members can say I don't, i'm not happy with what's happened in Galway. you know can we have a conversation about this it's all shut down mm. so uh you know um wow. i think wow. what we're doing is scalable and better than that it's it's it it fits the circumstances better right we'll we'll, we'll meet new people digitally i mean most of our members you, you're quite right to say that there's a kind of core that comes out of the swp john lyons and, and the um mcdonald in particular and the three of us have a first bonded over the mm. um swp rape case where they risk their jobs as full-timers to to speak out against it mm. Um, but we met people through the election campaigns in Dublin Bay North, uh, you know, who are people without previous affiliation. Uh, and then there's people from other campaigns who, who respect John. Um, John, you know, is, he's a really impressive person. And he's mm. very, he's like I was saying about Rory was, I don't know, I can't vouch for Rory now. Mm. And I look at his articles and arguments, I, I'm not always in agreement with him. But when I knew him at Trinity, John has this same kind of vibe, but, but real sincere, um, and he does things without getting the credit for them. You know, mm. he he will go and and support a football club. And you never know he's going there and he's doing putting in training sessions for disadvantaged kids or whatever. Yeah. And he's not doing it to get votes, and he's not he doesn't want people to talk about this. You know, yeah. so 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 there's some members of independent left have no political background whatsoever, mm. um, other than this kind of, you know. Um, right commitment to the idea that it's a party of the working class it's a working class party of mm. the class and we're not you know and we're part we really want to be rooted in the community mm. and then you know meeting people um through our writings and talk i'm going to draw you back slightly just on the aspect you were talking about about digital organizing and um that kind of horizontal level engagement do you think yeah. that's something that that in independent left you haven't had to address yet in terms of scale in so much as um, yeah okay it's it's well, changed the means but but there is always i mean i suppose in any organization there's always the issue of who's there when you're handing out the heavy jobs and <laughs> that yeah, sort of no, problem I, you know? I agree that that is ahead of us and um maybe i'll look back at the halcyon days of, of when there was 20 of us and we could <laughs> chat away to our heart's content and do you know what as well that i i i had missed until now humor i mean it's 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 <laughs> actually fun to be a, in a group of people who are you know we'd be sharing tweets and, and scoffing <laughs> and things like that you know which is which is great and um maybe that's not going to work with a hundred people in the same whatsapp group and um yeah you know trying to comment on the on a reddit thread or something maybe <laughs> Uh, maybe you have to have digital ranches, you know. Um, ah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how many WhatsApp groups you're in, but uh, you don't want to be in too many. <laughs> they, could, yeah. they could get noisy. Well, yeah. I mean, you can sort um, of DM25 model or something, you know, with the digital branches. <laughs> I'd, so um, I'd, be, but I'd be reasonably optimistic that um, a spirit of... Um, that nobody is deferential to anybody else 
I think that one can scale that. Mm. So nowadays there are platforms where if you allow it, even the newest person will speak up. And if they're a new person and they say something that's inappropriate, you know, it's not that it reflects some sort of uh, racism or something like that. You can, you, that's good because it, you hear, you heard it, you know where they're at, you can challenge it. Mm. And um, yeah. but that's not been my experience. So my experience has been that the people I didn't know before independent left and the newer people um, are just great great refreshing voices they give me a better feel for you know how to pitch things where people are at um and um and you know and, and some kind of politics that is relatively new to me i probably like yourselves i've had to learn about trans politics mm. and so it's good to hear voices who know about this stuff mm. um, yeah big time so so I, it is a legitimate concern what what happens when we get to 100 you know we can't all be posting memes around the whatsapp group mm. um and i guess we start to we start to get a, a digital uh, division mm -hmm. but uh, but i think that one can in, so your question was who's going to do the heavy loading that is i'll tell you how one way that comes up would be i don't know choice over candidates which is absolutely wrecked uh, so many organizations not just the left um over the content uh, the editorializing in, in the website, especially, mm. um, or on dedicated Facebook pages and so on. Mm. Um, and I think probably there is a role then for a, a conference, but mm. but a conference that was um, organized, first of all, online, so parents can participate and people who have access issues and so on. And secondly, you know, the way the SWP works is used to work You'd have these big long leadership thought pieces and then the members would chip in with some you know here's our experience in, in cork or galway and uh oh, it was it was it wasn't a genuine vibrant conversation between mm. all the members in the run-up to the conference so um i think that you know we we need to facilitate that and so if it's necessary then to have a um, difficult decision you know just two clear approaches and at least we've done our absolute best to get a hundred percent of the members to have an opinion on this and, and to be heard we were just discussing um beforehand today because we we're looking at the stuff and uh uh the particular stuff you sent over in the last while well, and stuff's gone up in the uh left archive the uh the online presentations and discussions and i think one thing we were saying was this sense of what was it angus it was something about educative purpose or yeah, isn't it sort of drawing the... Well, I mean, for a start, we just were looking at that material and the Zoom link in it and think that's... Um, in terms of an archive, that Zoom link is uh, <laughs> is very of the period, isn't it? Um, and would be interesting to look back at. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, also, yeah, it is... The, the public meeting as a, as a sort of freely accessible thing is quite interesting. You were talking earlier about having to schlep from one to another and things you know um has that been a useful way of drawing attention to what you're doing and having that as a yeah, party uh, event definitely and, and, I, and you know there's, there's certain things about the format of it that that are very attractive um at any point while you're talking people could be writing messages and questions mm. so so there's a more of an interaction than a normal speaker on the platform speaking for 20 minutes mm -hmm. until then the audience get their questions 
And then the first hand goes up and says, well, it's not really a question, more of a... There's a much more dynamic feel to these meetings when, when you've got the possibility of people being able to, you know, not, not interrupt, but they're, they're, you know, they're, they're giving you feedback as you talk and you can take mm. on board their questions. And, and so that's very, very positive. You... Yeah, the international side of it's fantastic. Or even just, you know, outside of your, outside of Dublin 7, you know, mm. just to be able to, everyone to meet together. Um, and presumably it, it so does make it easier to, um, to engage people when they can do something directly online and, and aren't yeah. having to. I, 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 I can't remember the numbers now for those meetings, but they were, pretty big mm-hmm. coming back to what the archive does you know your archive is just incredible i was i was zooming you know looking through it ready for this uh, conversation and what it means is um see, so i'm now in a position very i feel very uh, enjoyable and interesting position where i'm looking with fresh eyes at everything again mm. everything um so I, I reread the anarchist pamphlet, um, you know, what, uh, why you should join the WSM, is it? And um, I know Kevin Doyle pretty well now through the Writers' Union. And uh, so it was good to see him having an introduction there. So and I looked at it really seriously and, and I could see that I still disagreed with some things. But I could see formulations there that were very helpful. That SRG pamphlet I discovered today, yeah, fascinating and what I really appreciate is the material in the archive, the court workers group. I don't know. Oh court yeah. Work- Jim Lane's crew. Yeah. yeah. And was, it doesn't say who the introduction, who wrote the introduction to um, Island on the dissecting table. Uh, it's, yeah. Is that him? I would say so. I would think it, so. There's a really good. Polemicist. And in the sense that it, you can tell when someone's actually bothered to, put the hours in and get to grips with capital and mm-hmm. the writings and it, because it really helps them instead of just using jargon there's a depth of understanding and so i thoroughly enjoyed that and what it, so if you're in a position of wanting to um think about revolutionary theory especially in an irish context mm. you're not starting from scratch in fact <laughs> I could, I, you know, you were saying at the beginning of this whole conversation, where do I get the time from? Uh, your archive is a real danger to me because I could happily spend hours and hours. Because, and the reason why I could spend happily hours and hours in it is not as a historian, but as someone who's trying to think through today. Okay, so, so what is the, the right formulation for the relationship between socialists and, and republicans? Um, does this give any insight into where Sinn Féin's at today? This piece that was written in the 70s you know yeah. well it does actually so there's nuggets of gold in there in, in i wouldn't say everything but uh I, yeah i mean i think like and, and in a sense in our, our archive it's it, it's the stuff itself just speaks for itself doesn't it i mean it's really a case of and i you know it's like it's you know it's there and it's yeah it's it's for people to read now and to reinterpret and to come back to and yeah. and and yeah. and, and and as you, like I love this idea that that you're saying there, people using it as a resource, you know. Forget the archive, just read the stuff. Yeah. Isn't that what it's about? Ooh. And it comes back to your, the you know, you had Ireland's greatest general strike, April 1920, and that sort of, you know, it's this whole thing of looking at the past and learning from the past and and using it to, yeah, and not having to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, the issues we're grappling with in, in, in independent yeah. life to some extent are new, but some mm. of them are really old and have been grappled with by a lot of the small left wing groups before us. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For example, I dipped into that SRG pamphlet, right? Fourth International, uh, Heliites. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have a laugh at this. This is going to be so off the ball. But that open letter to the Communist Party is really good, mm. really sharp. You know, so whoever wrote that was was not like Jerry Healy. <laughs> they were they had a bit more about them. One area I think we were discussing as well, Angus and myself were discussing as well, was um if you'd just like to talk maybe a little bit about your own cultural and uh particularly writing um how does how does your cultural production for once to, to narrow it down in a sense, how does that inflect your politics and how does that inflect your activism? Yeah, so before, uh, insofar as I'm a Marxist, I've been pushed into an unnatural configuration because my natural configuration is to love freedom and escapism and mm-hmm. fantasy. And I would love to live 3,000 years from this moment. If this digital recording, for some reason, survives 3,000 years, <laughs> pity me, ye people of the future. I had to live in this squalid capitalist feeling. Yeah. You are emancipated from so much. So I Fingers grew up crossed. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up in um in Chester, and Chester was built by the Romans. So every day walking to school, I would walk past uh, an amphitheatre, uh, mock Tudor buildings, mm. Roman walls. And my dad was the tour guide, so we had loads of history. I mean, you know. So from about the age of 12, I was reading history, but I was also reading Greek myths and legends mm. and Roman uh, myths and legends and Ursula Le Guin. Mm. Uh, it was very formative, mm. in, you know, and in, in, in her politics are, are probably is, you know, very formative for me. That, that's mm. kind of where I, I come from, you know, mm. that kind of um, real respect for other people and not a desire not to do any action that's going to have a repercussion for them, mm. which is what I think um, the reservoir is all about. Mm. But anyway, mm. the um, so at heart I was this creature, this this anarchist, uh, fantasy, long-haired, um, you know, prog rock fan. And uh, uh, if I became a dour, leather-jacketed, um, DM-wearing Marxist, it was it was you know, pushed onto me by uh, Thatcher Capitalism. Uh, with the miners. And um, so, so that's always been part of me. So even, even in the most committed years to being a full-time organiser, I was still reading avidly fiction, science mm. fiction, mm. and writing and, and aspired to write. And uh, after a couple of false starts, I wrote Epic. Yeah. And, um, you know, those who know me and my politics and then read Epic will go, oh, yeah. <laughs> but if you don't know me uh, and you read Epic, you get all sorts of things from it. So I get fan mail from Russians saying, this is great that you stuck it to the old Communist Party. But I also get fan, fan mail from, like, um, fairly right-wing fringe freedom fighters in America saying, great, you stuck it to federal government. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not... It's not didactic. It's yeah. not even close to, say, being something like 1984. It's an yeah. escapist fantasy in which you can read themselves like any work of art, bring something to it. 
And Epic was a huge success. So, yeah. I mean, it's sold like 120,000 copies. Wow. And it's still selling, like, even That's now. That's fantastic. That was 2004. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. So, um, wow. And what this introduced me to was a wider world. You know, when you're a revolutionary, you kind of think everyone's against you and that you're mm. sort of... Um, you can see that everything's wrong, but they can't. Mm. And mm. you feel like an outsider all the time. Mm. And what, this, what, what the success of Epic did was, was make me realise, no, it's not like that at all. It's not, it absolutely isn't like that. Mm. That I will meet people from all sorts of walks of life mm. who don't, don't aren't prejudiced against me because of my politics. They don't treat me as an outsider. Mm. Uh, we can have you know friendly relations. Um, we can have warm relations. We can we can have conversations about anything. Mm. And it's made me very comfortable with being openly socialist in my values, but also just not being at war with everybody yeah you know, you know not being uh, not constantly looking for the fight and what's yeah. wrong with the world yeah yeah it's yeah it's a tough balance to get isn't it sometimes yeah yeah it is and um but it has to be done know, if any of my writing colleagues for example had signed that letter um about cancel culture oh the harper's one yeah yeah there but actually they haven't yeah um, so, so yeah, and so I like you know one of my volunteer things is with the writers' union, I, and I've, yeah. you know, I've, uh, I've built a lot of expertise in writing contracts, and I can give people good advice about that. And so people from all sorts of walks of life would know me through that, right? And okay, I like to think would respect me through that, even if they wouldn't share your politics, like a those list, you know. Yeah, and the National Library would be another example. So I volunteered there, and and uh, I'm on the board, and mm. it's been absolutely a brilliant experience. Yeah, you know, the library sort of fits with being so <laughs> other people on that board have been would have been on the opposite side of the barricades <laughs> yeah but, yeah big time I, I i feel that um i have a very good working collegiate relationship with them uh, mutual respect i'd like to think i mm. certainly respect them mm. um, so to swim in this broader Irish culture, mainly on the sort of literary publishing mm. side of things, um, is it's really helpful to keep me uh, keep my socialist co um, thoughts from becoming too narrow in a narrow channel that's just addressing other socialists. It kind of, I, I, you know, and I've met I've met some I wouldn't necessarily have met billionaires, but I've met millionaires, mm. and I've met people in charge of some of the companies that were you know combating. Yeah, and it's quite interesting because you find out, you know, maybe the, the the child has a disability. You find out that in their heart they've always wanted to be a painter. Mm. You get the you get the human side of the story, and it's it's really taught me how much the structures of capitalism have a lot to answer for. Oh yeah, like okay, there are absolutely awful, horrid Trump-like figures, mm. but very often someone who's running the board of a company. That, that we're going to end up, you know, supporting the workers on strike. Mm. They, they're very human, and insofar as they make unpalatable, non-human decisions, it's because they're being responsible to a set of values that they've signed up to when mm. they took position. And it's, it really, it's really helped me understand um, the power of structure in yeah. 
know, it hasn't left my opposition to them. Yeah. It doesn't really say, well, okay, I, I, you know, you should cut those wages then. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it does make me see the person behind that story. Isn't it about the fact of alienation in capitalism? Yeah. It's everywhere and everyone is alienated. And yeah. and it's interesting you're saying there about how, you know, it's, it's all an educational curve for everybody. I mean, you know, trans rights, uh, uh the issue of gender and how gender is, you know, you know, it's another structural inequality, et cetera, et cetera, added piled on top of another, on top of another, et cetera. And all of this, you know, it all brings it all together into, into, you know, processes that basically dehumanize people. End of. Yeah. Alienation is absolutely the right word. Yeah. And it's good to see it in, it's just good to have that life experience and, and yeah. see the world and not just through, the eyes of, of um, you know, the, the Marxist texts. But see, Marxist theory of alienation, it, it absolutely fits really well with, oh, with what the... Totally holds up. It strikes me then in a sense that talking about this cultural practice of yours, in a way, rather than it pushing you away from your politics, it's actually subtly reinforced it. Yeah, it enriches them, yeah. yeah. I can write better articles. Yeah. Because um, I'm thinking of a range of readers, including readers mm. who would not be sympathetic to the point I'm going to make. Mm. Um, so that's part. Yeah, that is. It, it's, it's been enriching. Yeah, and I think it's made me a better socialist. Certainly, better, better able to put across arguments. <laughs>